0: Okay, this is it. This is the end of Exodus here today. This is it. So wow I can just I can be done right now if you guys would rather just we could do some more music. All right. If you're newer, I've been doing Exodus for a long time, so I think they're done with me here here's what here's what I want to do if 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 we can sort of land, as they say, land the plane. I think we're at a crossroads. I'm, I'm going to read some of the portions of Exodus. But I think we're kind of at a crossroads in our culture, in our society, as to what we're going to do with this stuff. I'll just say it that way. Are we going to embrace... Are we going to dig in and dig out what is there for us, this ancient wisdom? Or are we going to disregard and ignore and kind of plot our own way? Interestingly, later on, many times, like in Deuteronomy and in Judges, later on, this phrase starts to come out. It says, Each person did what was right in their own eyes. And they go through these cycles where instead of following this, everybody just did what they wanted. Well, that, as you know, doesn't go well. And so it really comes down to a choice that you have to make. And so I'm going to try to walk us through that choice today to take it or leave it, and not to just take it externally as to say, yeah, I'm in for that, but no follow-through, because that really doesn't do any good. It would be better to take a real hard look at it. As Jesus said it this way, he said, you need to count the cost and see if you want to be my disciple. Like if you want to follow me, maybe sit down with some paper and a pen and figure that out, and then decide. <laughs> I mean, you would think, you know, if you're if you're a person trying to get followers like Jesus, you would just all oh, the, the more followers, the better. But he kind of told everybody, hey, why don't you sit down and think about it? And he used this example. Anybody here ever overspend? <laughs> oh, okay, well that was pretty easy. We've overspent and and. If you overspent, was it because you sat down and really, really thought about it and did the math and projected the worst possible out? Is that why? Or are you flying by the seat of your pants and you saw something slick and there you were and bam, you pulled the trigger. You came home to your wife and she said, what did you do to our family's future? Right? So Jesus said, sit down and have a seat. You know, people hate doing this. They hate doing it. And he literally talked about building a house. He said, if you're going to build a house, you don't, you don't just dive in. You sit down and you do all the calculations. And that's tough. It's boring. It's not nearly as fun as like walking through a model house with all the glitz and the glam. That's what's fun. I'm sitting down and go, well, how much does that cost? And I carry the one. Anybody? Gets, gets non-sexy real quick. Right? Jesus goes, if you're going to follow me, sit down and call him to cost. And then, and I don't think think we do that enough. And it's probably the fault of the leaders in the church because they just want everyone, you know, just come on. What if we just said, well, actually, don't come on. Just sit and think about it for a minute. Let me go over it with you. Let me go over it with you. You're going to have to pick up your cross. What does that mean? Well, it means you get whatever you want, whenever No, it means the opposite. you pick up your cross, It means you die daily. So yesterday, Charlie goes, "I don't want to do this. I don't want all the way to the next event, because, you know, whatever. She's, she's forced. She goes wherever we go. Here's her vote right? I have to be here. I have to be here. I have to do a funeral. I have to be here. This is, this is her vote right here. Now, once in a while, we give her a vote. I'm not, I, well, maybe you think I am bad, but I'm not I, an absolute, but she doesn't get a vote. We're going here, and then we're going here, and then we're going here. She started telling you that she didn't want to go, and I, 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 we got three quarters of the way there, and I pull the, she doesn't like it when I pull the car over. I pull the car over, and she gets real quiet, you know, and I mean, thank God I don't have to be like a yeller or whatever, I I don't think I'm really much of that anyway, but man, she gets quiet, because she knows, and thankfully, she's really sensitive, that, I guess in some ways, that's really good, because it doesn't take much, just turn around, give her that look, and her head goes like this, (laughs) and then, this is how I said, I go, I understand what you want, I understand, you've now made it clear what you want, Now. I don't care what you want. So now that you know, I just don't care. Just so and then and then I that's true. And then I followed up with I followed up with in this world, in the world that we live in, you don't always get what you want. So stop telling me. It's just stop telling me about it, right? Well, I I appreciate the clapping. However, as soon as that appointment was over, we go to another one, and she started to tell me what she didn't want to do. And so I'm like, no, I'm not going to let this go. Anybody with me? Like, you just have to, you're always deciding, do I let it go or not? Do I let it go or not? Do I let it go or not? That's pretty much all you do all day. And I'm like, no, I'm not letting this go because we just talked about it. So I turned around, and I said, I think we just talked about this, and she, and I, I, this time, I want you to repeat to me, yeah. I can't always get what I want. Bingo. <laughs> right? Go back to looking at the birds out the window. Right? <laughs> whatever you, whatever you want to do. How many know this is true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the sooner you learn that in life, the better. Now, when it comes to the law, um, this is what I see. And you, you may have your own take on it, but this is what I see what's happening in our culture and the young generation is coming up, and they're, they're, they kind of have a couple of ideas. And I say the law in a very general sense. I'll use that for Scripture in general and, and maybe even faith overall. But we've been studying Exodus and the Ten Commandments. and They're at a point where they've decided that it seems to me like it's irrelevant to them because you pay attention to what's relevant to you, right? Like, I watch these kids with their phones. They get their phones out, and they just start, you would think they're blessing themselves, but they're, they're going places, and they're doing things. It's always, are they always doing this? Here, 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 here. and they're finding something that they feel is what? Relevant to them. That's interesting to me. That's applying to me, you know? It's ridiculously shallow, and I, I'm usually trying to be more polite, but Nothing else to say about it. It's ridiculously shallow, sadly. Um, But but you're trying to find relevance. What's relevant to me? And most of the teenagers I know are they're they're not doing this with the Bible app. It's other things that they think are relevant to them. we, we were all teenagers, or maybe you are still, but okay. We all got to grow up. Anybody with me? Anybody a boneheaded teenager at one time? Please, please at least at one time. So, so we're not down on we, we We just spent time with the kids. We got more programs. We're rolling out even more programs for our kids. They need it more than ever. And we have to meet them where they are. How I many know that's true? You got to meet everybody where they are. That's where they are. You were one too once. And so, uh, However, you don't leave them there you got to meet them there. You don't leave them there. That's the difference. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? you got to come. I, like I was a youth pastor for like 10 years, and I mean, this is what I taught all my staff and everybody that I worked with. You have to go to their territory. You have to go to their turf. You have to enter their world, teen world. It's brutal. you got to go there, man. You can't just sit in church and say, come to my world, come to me. What did Jesus do? What's Christmas? He came to what? Our world, our world, we in, walked in our footsteps. So what's it like to be a teenager? What's that like? This is what we need to do. But he doesn't leave us there, that he takes us. You take, You have to take them somewhere. So you meet them where they are, then you take them somewhere better. That's the whole idea. But they think this stuff's irrelevant, and then they think it's repressive. This is my interpretation of what I see happening. Because it's pretty much being completely ignored now. By the, uh, by the whole, not all the individual kids, obviously. So if I got up here today and said, I'm doing a, a talk about sex, money, stress, desire, work, reputation, online uh, bullying, would you say, well, that's pretty relevant. But just go back and read the Ten Commandments. It's all covered. You say, well, where's online bullying coming out? Well, giving a false testimony to your neighbor, right? What's it? You're to tarnish someone's reputation. Just we do it differently because we have the online capability. It's all there. It's all relevant. It's related to how your life and the stress that you live today, and people are stressed out, and there's there's something there about that, about taking a day of a reset. You shut everything. You you shut all the engines down. You let everything cool off, and you reset, and you refocus, and you renew money and stress. Wanting what your neighbor has—it's it's, here's what James chapter one verse twenty-five says. He says it's the perfect law that gives freedom. Now, what um, what a lot of people think—that that seems counterintuitive because by nature laws are restrictions. So let's think about this. That's that's what it is. You you can only drive fifty-five. You can only, right, you can only drive on the right-hand side of the road. You can, and it's a restriction. Why can't I do more than that? No, you can't. It's a restriction. So what we think of laws, we think of being restricted, and so we, we buck at being restricted because we want to be free. But what he's saying is laws lead to freedom. Restrictions lead to freedom. This is the message we have to get through. This actually is your ticket to freedom. What's a law? Like a a law in your house, a law of eating. Like my wife has a law of eating, like there's no eating after seven o'clock p.m. I violate that daily. Daily I violate it. Charlie comes in, I'm eating my snack of chips before bed, and she says, mommy, why is daddy eating chips before bed? She's like, I don't know. He's a lawbreaker. <laughs> He's a sinner. He's a, he just, I don't know. She says, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any good answers. But you make a law. You restrict some. So you have an eating law, a rule. Anybody have any eating rules in your life or family or home? Yeah. Anybody? No? Do whatever. Well, I don't know. Whatever they are, doesn't mean don't eat too many carbs or do that. Whatever your things are. And the idea is... You're doing that so you can have what? Freedom. Health. Freedom. I want to be able to walk around. I want to be able to enjoy my grandkids and my great-grandkids. I want to So I'm restricting myself so I can be what? Free. Free. We don't like we don't like diets. We don't like restrictions. How, here's one we don't like: Budget. I was just laughing. I didn't, I didn't even say anything about it. It's like a budget. A budget is the, it's the financial version of a diet. It's a plan. I mean, it's a plan to get somewhere, to do something. Is, that, is it kind of my close? But it's like, go, okay, go back to the diet thing. If you, I, you just say, I just want to eat better. I just want to be healthy. And you don't put a plan in place. And you just, anybody like me, like just go to the grocery store with a cart and an idea? Does that ever go good? Like, if you're my personality, you have a cart and an idea, like, and then I'm the chip aisle. Is that right? The chip aisle. The, 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 you know, they tell you the aisles to go around and not to go around. You, you better have a plan. So it's financially, it's a plan, and it's restricting. The, I mean, the strictest version is you get your paycheck, You have pre-decided, you have sat down to decide these are what, this is another thing. Laws are extensions, are practical extensions of our values. That's all they are. They're they're practical extensions of our values. They reflect, what do you value? What do you value? If you value, you know, I I value, I want to have this. Then you adjust accordingly to have this. This is what I value, and the laws are just little rules to get you there. So you you have a budget, you say, "Well, we only gonna spend we're only going to spend five hundred a month on groceries. That's it. I mean, that used to be a lot now as you know that boy, you know, ratchet it down, be careful, you know, and boom, and it gets the, the last few days of the month. And he's like, that's it. That's all, the, that's all that we have. We spent our lot for the month. So we got to go back in the cupboard and start eating that box of Cheerios that no one ate. They weren't even the real Cheerios or the fake ones. Is anybody with me? But I got to eat them because I'm not dipping into next month. Is anybody with me? I'm not dipping into next month's check. So, because I don't want to eat these Cheerios. I want to eat some fancy stuff. I want the honey ones. No, it's a discipline. No, no. You eat those old, they're stale. Eat them anyway. Eat them. Eat them. And I'm restricting. But I'm, I'm restricting myself for what? A freer future. You say, Chris, this is like ridiculous. You know what? If you think that's ridiculous, you don't know anything. Go ask, any, go, go, ask, go ask Mark Cuban. Uh, no, ask him. This guy's a billionaire. Ask him, how do you get where you are? Is it by doing whatever you want? And he goes, no, it's the, it's the opposite. I put myself in a beat-up junkie car, the junkiest car. He'll tell any young kid, you get the junkiest car you can find, the one that just gets you from A to B. You put all the money in the bank. And it's a restriction. And it's a restriction so that you can be free. You can like it or not like it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you like it. It doesn't matter if you like a budget. It doesn't matter if you like a diet. It doesn't matter if you like any of these laws. When they, The laws are given. The, there's thunder. We talked about that. There was light. There was, it, was, it, was a, it was a scene. And they say this, Moses, don't have God speak to us. Don't have God speak to us or we'll die. I can't handle this. That's how you're going to feel at times. I can't handle this. It's just called discipline by another word. I can't handle this. Anybody ever been working out or trying to do something and you're like, I can't handle this? Then yeah. you're close to getting there. How many know? Now you're getting close. I, I, I don't, you're, you're, is your body going to scream? I don't like it? Of course. I don't like this. Now you're getting close. But should it be that way? <laughs> It is that way, that's that's how it is. And everybody, you make choices and they they reflect on your values. So this stuff is far from irrelevant, it's completely relevant, but it feels too much for us. And we don't wanna do the work, it feels too much. Let me go back to the car. To turn around and talk to Charlie. This is what she does. She feels the thunder. You know what I mean? She feels the thunder, me pulling over. I mean, this is exactly what she does. It's, it's a little bit sad, but she, she just drops. I mean, and I go like this. What is she saying when she does this? She's saying the exact same thing that they said. Don't speak to us. We'll die. This is too much. And that's why I say pick your head up. Look right here. You look at me now. You can handle this. <laughs> You're gonna handle this. So Chris, I feel, like, I feel like this is harsh. It's not harsh, it's truth. And sometimes that is harsh. But what's harsher? <laughs> What's harsher is if you don't eat the stale Cheerios and you keep borrowing from next month's paycheck and you keep borrowing from next week's, right? Anybody? You borrowed grace on your body, your physical body. You borrowed and now you're there and it's like it, it comes, it, it, it's payday at some point. It, it doesn't matter if you like it or don't like it. It's irrelevant completely to how reality is structured. So you have to embrace, you have to look, you have to, So she'll pick her head up and look me in the eye. Then we have a thing. She'll sometimes say, okay. No. You don't say, okay. You say, yes, daddy. (laughs) I'm an idiot. I mean, I'm a complete idiot sometimes, (laughs) okay is not good enough. (laughs) Yes, daddy. Look me in the eye. Yes, daddy. Now, I don't care how you raise your kids. You're probably way better than I am. But as long as... You understand this. God's trying to raise you. Man, you're something. (laughs) So, lift up your eyes. Yes, daddy. That doesn't mean she really, really gets it and really, really believes it from the bottom of her heart because I don't know that that's true at that age. But here's the thing. If you could go through this internalize it so you believed, you believed in your heart, God has only the best, only the best, only wants you to be free, the perfect law that gives you freedom. Freedom to live the life that he's laid out for you, the fullest and freest possible life that exists. You lift up your eyes and you say, yes, daddy, yes, daddy. That's what I want, that's what I want. I wanna be free. I wanna be full. Sometimes that's not going to feel good for a minute. That's okay. In John chapter one, it says the law came through Moses, grace and truth through Jesus Christ. Now here's the thing: you need them both. You're going to need them both. In um, in the middle of the Ten Commandments, there, are, or actually early on in the Ten Commandments. It talks about don't make an idol. And then it says, um, bow down. We, we don't have time to revisit that commandment as we've been talking about. But it does matter what you bow down to. And you say, well, how do I know like, if there's another god in my life? Because nobody here would say, oh, I also worship the god, Shiva, or this god. I don't know anybody in this room, perhaps, that would say anything like that. So your God is going to be something that rivals God that comes alongside, doesn't have a name or a religious connotation to it. Does that make sense? So you can think of it this way. Your God is whoever, whatever tells you what to do. Think of it that way. How would I know if I have a rival God? Well, who tells you what to do? I'm like well my husband's a god and he's always bossing me around my wife or my dog or you know but you, you you there's something that rivals god that was would like to tell you what to do this is what you should do with your life this is where you should be and we're we're, we're ridiculously competitive someone sent me the cutest little thing it was a little I don't know. Some you know, people sending these things that are online now, and it's like there's this little girl, this cute little girl, and she's—I should have had it played. She's she's reciting the the 23rd Psalm, and this adorable little girl. She's, if you've seen it online, she's going through it, and she's and she can barely like speak, and she's going through. It, and she says the entire. She can't read, but she's reciting it with the Bible open, Psalm 23. And I thought, oh, it's so adorable. And do you know what my next thought was? And I, I hate to admit this. I, I hate to, you know what my next thought was? I should have taught Charlie that. Why did I, why was that my next thought? Because we're stupidly competitive. Hmm? I, you guys are more upright than I am. I, I'm aware, but I'm putting myself out there. Like, that was my next thought. Like I, I I should have taught Charlie that. That was not the point. The point someone was sharing to me to go, wow, isn't this beautiful? And it it was moving. But why am I letting competition tell me what? Why are you letting friends tell you what to do? Why are you letting culture tell you what to do? Why are you letting other people tell you how to dress and what to believe and how to behave? Who cares what anybody else thinks? Who cares what society is telling you? You have a God and just Narrow it down and simplify your life. One boss. And he says this, because God visits the sins to the third and fourth generation. And I had to, before we leave this whole series, I I have to marinate on that one. What does that mean? If I start listening to other voices, I start making mistakes. And if I start making mistakes, then what we do with our mistakes a lot of times is we, we go from one mistake to a pattern. And then a pattern becomes a habit. And guess what we pass on to our kids? Our patterns, our habits. That's what we give them. It's a heavy thing. It, I think it's heavy for all of us. The thought, and I'm not here to, to drop guilt, that's, that's not going to help us. Awareness will help us. Awareness is like, hey, all the stuff that I do, I develop habits. I set out little things. And then what do our kids do? They take, that's why he says it visits to the third and fourth generation. Sin is sticky, it turns out. You know, you can't get Anybody? Man, I know that was the same stuff my dad used to The good news, and this is real good news, in the same verse he says, but God shows his love to a thousand generations. Three or four ain't nothing compared to a thousand. But you need to be aware of both. It's interesting that they're both in there. It's interesting that a thousand just drowns and dwarfs the three or four. It's to say God's grace is is beyond, is no match for your sin. So it's it's, it's not that he's saying don't worry about it. It's it's saying be aware of it and then turn to God for grace. God, just let, let your grace overwhelm and overcome so I can hand to the next generation something better. Thousand generations. Think of it on the good side. Think of all the good stuff that you're planting into your young your young one's life. And go plant some good seeds today, huh? That'll go on. You go to the store today, you get a strawberry. And you can ask yourself, how old is this strawberry? Huh? You say, well, it came up this spring or whatever. It came up this summer. But did it? Or is it a recycle from 1,000 generations of strawberries? Because someone planted a seed. You keep planting the good seeds. And it's going to multiply and multiply and multiply. Generation after generation after generation. Sin's sticky, but so is grace. So is grace. Charlie comes home the other day. She got a little thing from Kids World. I highly recommend Kids World. They're killing it down there. Oh, not let's. You know what I mean? They're killing it. They're, they. They got. Uh, they got. She comes out of there with this little sword, and this little shield made out of paper. And she's like, Dad, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? She said, this is the sword. This is the armor of God, she said to me. "It's four. I don't know. It wasn't like I asked her. You know how we always ask our kids, how was it? What did you learn? And they roll their eyes, and they go, it's fine. <laughs> this is This is proactive, her just telling me this is. Do you know what a gift that is? Now, you're planting this for a thousand generations. You're planting a seed today. Just like that strawberry. It's going to be around for a long time. Go say some good stuff. Go plant some good stuff. Huh? Go hug a Kids World worker when you leave today, whether you have kids or not. Huh? You tell them thank you. They're adding to what you're doing. And when you look back, you look back at your life, you say, man, I want to have a good life. You go back to this, you say, I want the perfect law that gives freedom. Not ridiculous legalism. We talked about that, and that, that's a dead-end street and goes nowhere where you get lost in the minutiae of law, but not throwing it out either, but find the perfect law that gives freedom, that will set you free. Or as it says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you what? It will set you free.